Okay. Um, so, today we're going to learn about the Amidah. Um, I just want to start with that this class was generously sponsored by Rita and Sion Satin in memory of Alice Bat Hanriet Alea Hashalom. So, last week we finished up, we did Kriyachma and Brachot of Kriyachma. And we discussed the purpose of the brachot of Kriyat Shema. We talked about Kriyat Shema, how it was Kabbalat ol Machut We talked about how the brachot of Kriyat Shema were themes that elaborated or were complementary to the themes discussed in Kriyat Shema. So now we get to the Amidah. Amidah, in halachic terms, right, tefillah is the Amidah. Anytime the halacha talks about tefillah, it's referring to the Amidah. So when the Shulchan Aruch or the Rambam talk about how one needs to wear shoes for tefillah, um, or, you know, one has to stand a certain way, or one cannot pray while, you know, on top of a high surface, anything like that, we're referring specifically to Amidah. And just like we saw last week with Kriyat Shema, that there were all of these halachot that pertain to Kriyat Shema, indicating that it had like a more special status, the Amidah is the same way. Not to say that we shouldn't treat all of our other prayers respectfully, but these um, guidelines and, and halachot really show us how we're supposed to behave while, we are, while we're praying the Amidah. Um, Another thing also, which is, you know, a nice, uh, a nice reminder, is that, right, the Avodah in the Beit HaMikdash and in the Mishkan, that was also subject to multiple halachot and many procedures, right? And if we say that the, specifically the Amidot are a substitute for the Korbanot that we can't sacrifice, so, so too there were processes and procedures and ways to do things in the Beit HaMikdash, the same way that when we approach our tefillah, there's a procedure and a process and a way to do things and a code that we have to follow. So now before we actually get into the text um, of the Amidah, if you look at your source sheet, at source number one, there's something very interesting that we see when the Torah talks about creation on day two. So this is from Perak Bet of Sefer Bereshit. Um, and we see from this account of Adam how prayer and dependence upon Hashem unlocks and completes creation. So before, as like in Perak Bet, so we're told that Adam is created first, right? Whereas in Perak Aleph, it goes through creation in the order of the days. And as the Torah is recounting, you know, the creation, it starts off, right? This is the story of the land and the sky and everything that was created. And then the next pasuk, So the psukim tell us that there was no shrubs of the field yet, and nothing had sprouted because Hashem hadn't sent rain because there was no man to work the land. Okay, well, we have a few questions here, right? We know that right the, the greenery and stuff that was supposed to be created on day three, right? What does man have to do with anything here? Um, and Rashi explains something very interesting. He says that the, the world wasn't completely created until man was created on day six. Why is that? From the word terim in the pasuk, he learns that the vegetation, when Hashem said, 
um, you know, totzi ha'aretz deshe, okay, in the second Rashi. Adain lot v'chol esev hasadet terem yitzmach, right, before it sprouted, when shekatuv, and on day three, when it says aretz, that the land um, gave forth the the grass and and the plants, it was al petach hakarka amdo ad yom shishi. It stayed kind of like right at the base of the land. It just stayed there, and it didn't actually come forth until man was created. What does man have to do with it? Explains Rashi in the next one, Kilohim Tir, right? Matam Kilohim Tir. Lefish Adam Ain La Avodeta Adama. Ve'en Makir Betovatam Shel Hagshamim. When man was created, man realized, wait, we need something to cause this, you know, greenery and grass to come forth and to sprout. And what was that? Rain. How was he going to get rain? Man realized, wait, we need rain. So says Rashi, quoting the Midrash, that Adam prayed for rain. And in this way, all of the vegetation came forth. Right? So we see that really the world was almost like frozen, and the key to unlocking creation in its completion was Adam and his prayer, and his prayer to God. Um, things right were dormant until Adam sort of activated things with his prayer. Now the foil, which character can you think of as like the exact opposite of this in creation? One of the one of the characters in in the in the beginning of Bereshit like represents like the exact opposite of dependence on God. It's based on a midrash, so maybe you're not. So the snake, yes, the snake. What was the punishment of the snake? That he had to crawl on his belly, and he'll eat the dust, right? And the midrash raises the question: the eat the dust. That's great. He has food always, right? He's better than Adam. Adam has to pray to God for his food and the snake always has his food. And they answer, no, because he's not dependent upon God for anything, he has no relationship with God. He never has a reason to call out to God. Man, we're dependent upon God, so we have we have a reason to call out to God. I think that they bring this down specifically in um, when they talk about the man, right? Why didn't the man just come down like once a year and then the supply would be maintained or once a week, right? Why did it have to come down every day to show that man is dependent upon God and that dependence is what helps us have a relationship with him. When we have to call out to him, when we have to ask him for things, that's our relationship with him. Whereas the nachash, Nothing to do with God. He has all of his needs are provided for down there on the ground, and he does not get to have a relationship with God. Um, another interesting thing to point out is that in Pasuk Hay, it says, Now, don't forget, this is pre the, the sin, right? This is pre the curse of that you're going to have to work with the spread of your brow, sweat of your brow, you're going to eat and be sustained. But the Torah uses this word, right? And if we say that tefillah is avodah a type of avodah or a substitute to avodah, right? What does this tell us? It tells us that literally Adam wasn't there to pray to God for what the world needed. Right? So it's almost as if the world was created um, still where 
men had to do something to to you know to, to and ask God for things, but that thing was prayer. Um, so that like the fact that the Torah uses that word laavod, I think, is significant. Okay. Um, tefillah, the Amidah. What is our obligation, right? What's, what's, what does this consist of? Says the Rambam, right? The Rambam points out, and, and we've said this before, that a person should, should pray and ask every single day, he should praise Hashem, and after that he should he should ask for his needs, right, that he needs, within requesting um, and with supplication. And then after that, he should give praise and thanks to God for all of the things that he, that he gave him. So we talked about how this model of praise before requesting is, is, was Moshe, right? Moshe demonstrated this model. Okay, but where does the Hoda'ah come in? Where's, what's the source? Where does the Rambam get that this is how we should organize our prayer? And the source for that is the Gemara in Brachot, um, which is on your source sheet, source number three. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Le'olam al yish'al adam tzrachav, lo b'shalosh rishonot, velo b'shalosh acharonot, ela b'emtsayot. Right? A person should only ask for what he needs, not in the first three blessings, not in the last three blessings, but only in the middle blessings. Right? Da'amar Rabbi Chanina, rishonot dome le'eved shemesader shevach lifnei rabo. The first blessings are... Uh, equivalent to a, a, a servant who is arranging his praise before his master. The middle ones um, are, are like a uh, slave that asks for a reward from his master. And the last ones are like a slave, he got his reward, meaning he's, he's taking his leave, he's requesting permission to leave, is, explains Rashi on that verse, on that word, veniftar, right? He asks permission to leave. Um, so this frames the, the structure of the Amidah nicely. If we're going to maintain that man is, you know, needs to subjugate himself to God when he prays, and he has, you know, there's this, there's this um, image or, or this relationship of a master and a servant, right? This frames the three parts very, very nicely. We start with praise. We have the, the bakashot in the middle, and then we have the shevach, the, the hoda'ah, the thanksgiving at the end. And, and we're going to talk about that more as we kind of go through the brachot. Okay, so if you want to follow along, there is the Amidah of Shacharit. It's on page 60. There we go. Thank you. Okay. Just so we have the text in front of us. Okay. So we start the Amidah. We know that the Pasuk that we start the Amidah with is, Hashem sifatai tiftach There's a lot of meaning behind this Pasuk. Um, we, we translate it as like, okay, Hashem, open my lips and let me praise you. So we might think that it's we're asking Hashem to allow us to praise him. But if we really, if we understand the context of this pasuk, it's really, really much more than that. So this pasuk is from a 
psalm is from a mizmor in Tehillim. And the mizmor in Tehillim that it's from is mizmor nun alif, Psalm 51. And in Psalm 51, David expresses sincere regret over the sin that he committed with Bathsheba. And that whole arrangement that, you know, what everything that he arranged and how it all went down, David is apologizing and expressing sincere regret for what happened with Bathsheba. And in the middle of the Mizmor, he says, Hashem sefatai tiftach ufi yagi tehilatecha, ki lo tachpot zevach ve'etena ola lo There's no korbanot Hashem that I can give you for this, Right? Why? Because korbanot typically only forgive sins that are done bishogeg by mistake. They're not used to forgive sins that are done bimezid. So David is saying, "There's I, I can't even give you a korbanot for this sin that I did. I can give you a korban for other sins that I did maybe mistakenly, but I can't give you a korban for this mistake that I did. What's going to be my atonement? Zivchei elokim ruach nishbera. The true sacrifice is a broken spirit. Lev nishbar venidke elokim lotivze. A broken heart and a depressed heart. Hashem is not going to push that aside. Hashem is not going to reject that. So, right, it, it's almost as if we sympathize with David, right? We don't have korbanot either. I, we, we don't have a korban that we can just sacrifice to God and that will just kind of be our forgiveness, right? But we ask Hashem, Instead of the korban to forgive us, right? We're we're coming to you with our broken, right? I live nishbar with our with sincerity, um, and and wanting to connect to you, and and hopefully Hashem, you will allow us and forgive us and and allow us to approach you. Now I want to just point out for a minute, right? That the goal here is not to make us depressed before prayer. Like we're sinful, we're bad, right? Please let us, you know, enter your your presence. That's really not the goal, right? The goal is, is I think, more sincerity, right? Realize what I'm about to do, right? I don't believe that we're supposed to walk, or, I, I don't think, and I, I think it's not, it's not um, expressed in the, in the Mifarshim and, and the, you know, the commentaries and like just our literature, right? We're not supposed to walk around depressed all day. We're not supposed to even pray um, if we're too distressed. The halacha says we shouldn't pray out of like severe distress, we should wait to calm down so that we're able to have the proper kavanah and then we should pray, right? So we're not supposed to walk around like, I'm horrible and, you know, Hashem, I can't even come to you because I'm so horrible. But rather, it's just to put us in that right mindset of knowing who we're about to approach and what we're about to do, right? There is a, there is a sense of, um, of submission, right? And recognizing that, you know, comparatively, right, the relationship between us and God is, is, is so, so unparalleled, right? It's so unequal because God is so great and we are just very limited human beings. Um, but it's, it's this balance. It's really this balance of, we say, right, on the other hand, we want to take ourselves seriously and we say, right, the world was created for me, the world was created for me, but on the other hand, right, I am nothing, I am dust, and I will return to the dust, right? There's a story in the Gemara about a rabbi who used to walk around with these two little notes in his pocket. One pocket was and I think that's really, you know, kind of the mindset that we approach prayer with. Don't forget, right? The purpose was to get us in the mindset of COVID rosh, but also simcha shel mitzvah. 
So I, I, even though it comes from this mizmor of sincere regret for David's sin, um, I don't think, um, and I don't think anybody thinks really that we're supposed to, you know, approach the Amidah with like sadness and this feeling of like we are are terrible. Um, okay. Right. So we start that Hashem Latecha, and that's how we start. Now we're ready on page three to go into the first bracha. Right, the first three we have birkat, what's called birkat ha'avot. The second bracha is the givurot, and then the third bracha atakadosh, right, Hashem's holiness. So let's talk for a little bit about birkat ha'avot. Now it's interesting that it's called birkat ha'avot, right? Why is it called birkat ha'avot? Obviously, right, it mentions the avot, right? But is the subject of the bracha the avot? No. What's this? Who's the subject? Hashem, right? So it's called Birkat Avot, but the subject is really Hashem. What's going on here? Okay? We talk about Eloke Avraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Eloke Yaakov, right? And then we praise God. And then the bracha ends, Melech Ozeu Moshiu Magen, Baruch Atah Hashem Magen Avraham. So we go from talking to, about all the Avot, and then we end off only with Magen Avraham. What's, what's going on here, right? Another thing that's also kind of um, interesting is that we say, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Like, that sounds very wordy. Like, why don't we just say, Elokei Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, right? Or Elokei Avotenu. What's going on here? What, is this, what, is this, what does this tell us? So, if we're going to say that the subject of this bracha is Hashem, Right? we're going to identify Hashem. And the way that we identify Hashem is through the Avot. Why do we identify Hashem through the Avot? Because the Avot were the ones that discovered Hashem, right? They were the ones that discovered that, especially Abraham, right? He was the first one, so we'll, we'll talk about that one in a minute. But, right, the Avot were the first ones to discover Hashem, to have relationships with Hashem. If you want to say, right, like the, the Gemara um, in source number five, Tefilot Avot Tiknum, right? If Tefilah is Keneged Avot, Avraham Tiken Shachari, Yitzchak Mincha Yaakov Arvi, right? We I, were identifying Hashem as the Hashem that the Avot prayed to, and that the Avot identified. And we're praying to that same Hashem. But on the other hand, Hashem was Elokei Avraham, and Elokei Yitzchak, and Elokei Yaakov. The Avot were each individual people, right? If they, if they were all the same, so why do we need three of them? We should just, Avraham should just be our one Av, and that's it. But each one of the Avot were their own unique personalities, and they all had their own unique special relationship with Hashem. We see this in just, when the Gemara talks about how they each were um, established and tiken their own prayer, right? It was all in different contexts and different settings. With Abraham, we have Vayashkem Abraham Baboke, right? He woke up early, Yitzchak, right? Vayetzeh Basadeh was the afternoon, so that's Mincha. And, and with Yaakov, it was in the evening. They each had their own special relationship with Hashem. So on the one hand, we're declaring to Hashem, Hashem, I'm praying to you and I'm following my I'm following the tradition that my forefathers established of having a relationship with you. But on the other hand, I have my own unique relationship with you. Just like each of the Avot had their own unique relationship with you, I also have my own special and unique relationship with Hashem. So it's those two aspects that we're, you know, expressing. Didn't 
I know that Abraham had a breed with Hashem, but didn't he kind of like renew it again with the other Avot? Like he didn't say, oh, okay, like I did this with your father. Of course, it trickles down to you. Mm-hmm. He renewed it with each one. A hundred percent. So like maybe this is us saying, this is us connecting to you on our own, the same way that each of them stood on their own and that you had a breed with each of them, you have a breed with us. Yes, 100, that's, that's, and that's super important that we, that we say that in the beginning, yeah, Hashem has their own breed with, with each of the Avot and he promises each of the Avot, right, Eretz Yisrael, and that your children are going to be many, right? So, so just like Sarah said, like we, the same way that Hashem renewed the Brit with each one of the Avot, right? Symbolizing that they each had their own special relationship with God, right? Just like Sarah said, it's not like Hashem said, I, I, I did this with Abraham, so the same applies to you. No, it's its own thing because they each had their own special, unique relationship with Hashem. That's why all three of them are our forefathers and not just one. Yes, that's very, very, very important and that's exactly what we're expressing. Okay, so now we have to figure out why it's Magen Avraham, right? Why we, why we only mention Avraham? What happened to the... We just finished talking about how unique they all were, so why are we only mentioning Avraham? So the, the easiest answer, um, with, you know, to, is for Avraham is that he was the first. He was the first to discover Hashem, right? The other ones kind of had the advantage of knowing because Avraham already did. But really there's something more here. This word Magen Avraham comes from Parashat Lech Lecha after Avraham had fought the war right after the four kings versus the five kings and they captured Lot and Lot was uh, you know he had to go rescue Lot from from he was in captivity so after that whole that whole event Hashem comes to Avraham in a, in a vision, right? And he says, Achar ha-devarim ha-ele, ha-devarim ha-ele, or what I just told you, the war and, and saving Lot from captivity. Hayadvar Hashem el Avraham b'machazeh lemor. Hashem said to Avraham in a vision, Al tira Avram, anochi magen lecha. I will protect you. Scharcha harbe me'od. Your reward is very great. Right? So this magen Avraham is sourced here. Hashem promising Avraham, Anochi magen lecha, I will protect you. So we're invoking that same promise of Hashem protecting Avraham. We're also hoping to invoke that on ourselves. Now, it's different than if you look at the next bracha, right? The next bracha is, is, is how great God is because he's that's more of a reactive Hashem is saving the people and we want Hashem to save us from, from things that might befall us. Magen Avraham is not reactive, right? It's proactive. It's, these things are never even going to befall you is what Hashem is telling Abraham. Um, the Midrash explains that Avraham was afraid of certain things after the war. Um, he, he was afraid of another war. Um, he, he was afraid of certain things. So, so according to the Midrash, this vision is like a direct result of, of those fears. But even without the Midrash, right, it's, Hashem is promising to, to not even let any bad befall Avraham, specifically, Anochim again lecha. So that's what we're trying to invoke um, for ourselves as well. Right, and this is something that was not was not seen with the other avot. So we end Magen Avraham to remind us of this Anochi Magen Lach. 
Then, as we said, Birkat Gvurot, Hashem reactively saving everybody and redeeming everybody. Right? And, and, and if you notice, all of these things are themes that we've seen before. We've seen them in Birkot HaShachar. We saw them in Ashrei Shvevetecha. We saw them in Pesukei Dezimra, right? It's the same it's the, it's the same things, right? So, mechnoflim, v'afecholim, matir asurim, right? These things are saying, umikayem emunatoli shene afar, right? That's similar to what we say in, in Birkot HaShachar. Um, so, you know, clearly, these, these are important and significant things. Okay, now we have Kedushah, Atakadosh, um, and that really finishes the Birkot HaShevach. Now, we get to the Bakasha, the Bakashot. Um... The Rambam notes in his, in, in Perak Aleph, in Halakha Dalit, and we did this Halakha in the beginning of the series when we talked about how we got to our, um, our organized prayer and why Ezraf saw the need for it um, based on the assimilation and the loss of the Hebrew language and all that stuff. And he explains, and the middle brachot, yesh bahem she'elat kol hadvarim shehem kmo avot lekol chefte ish vaishu letzorche hatibur kulan. The middle requests are anything that, and the, or the basic needs of any individual and the basic needs of any tzibur, of any congregation, right? So re, he's, he's really expressing that it's not stam bakasho, it's a masterpiece of bakasho, right? The way that this was organized is a masterpiece because it includes everything that an individual and both the community need. And we're going to see that even the order is purposeful. So the first bracha that we start with is da'at, right? Um, what's the significance of starting with da'at? Says the Gemara. I'm going to skip the first couple of lines. Amar Rav Ami. So I'm like one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm on the sixth line. G'dola de'a. Shenitna bitchilat bracha shel chol. Right? Gdola de'a is so important, and this is expressed by the fact that it's, it's the first bracha of chol. And then the Gemara continues to say this. Rabbi Ami says that gdola de'a, because it's the word de'ot, is surrounded by the name of Hashem, and he brings a pasuk from, I think, Shmuel, um, ki el de'ot Hashem. And then says the Gemara, "Vechol mishe'en bodea asur lerachem alav." Somebody who doesn't have knowledge or doesn't have any regard for knowledge, we're not allowed to to have pity on him. Shne'emar kilo am binot hu al ken lo yerachamenu osehu. Right, An, a nation that has no binot has no wisdom. Hashem is not going to have Rachmanut on him. So too, we should not have Rachmanut on people that have wisdom. Right, just highlighting. We value wisdom. We value knowledge. Knowledge is something important. And especially in relation to the brachot that follow, um, we're going to see that re- expressed really very, very strongly. Okay, so we have da'at as the foundation of, of, the, of the bakashot. So the Abudraham, who has a, a, a very nice perush on the sidur, explains the order of the bakashot uh, in the Amidah. So that's source, I'm in source number nine, if you want to follow along. It's kind of, it's, it's a lot of, of words in Hebrew. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll, I'll kind of skip around, and, and ex, but explain it also. So he starts off by saying that, right, we know that there are 13 bakashot, 13 brachot of request, six for the individual, 
six for the community. And then the, the last one, Shomea Tefillah Keneged Kulam, right? I, I made like a chart on, in source number 10, so you can see just the ones for, for the Yachid. On, on the right, you have the ones, the needs of the individual, and then on the left, you have the needs of the congregation of the Tzibur, and, and says the Abu Draham that they even parallel each other. And we're, we're going to see that now, right? So first he says, the first bracha opens up with Da'at, right? And we talk, and, and he quotes the Gemara also about why Da'at is so important and, and so fundamental. And then he says, and we say Chonen HaDa'at, because we don't just want Hashem to give it to us, right? Not no ten, Chonen. We want Hashem to bestow us the Da'at in, in a good way. Right? We want Hashem to bestow it upon us in a good way. And then, Adam Gormin, uh, oh sorry, sorry, I'm skipping. Because he has Da'at and understanding, what's going to come from that Da'at and understanding? He's going to do Teshuvah, which is the next bracha, right? Chonin hadat, and then the next one is Hashivenu avinu l'tzorotecha. Let's do Teshuvah. So once we have Da'at, we're ready to do Teshuvah. Right now, note that the bracha of Teshuvah ends harotze bichuvah, right? It's like we ask Hashem, you know, we, we have the wisdom, we're going to start to do Teshuvah, but Hashem, help us see it through, right? It's not necessarily a given. Um, we know enough to know that we want to do it, but please, you know, help us follow through. Right, and then I think the next one is very, very logical, right? And, and then after that, right? Then he asks for slicha. He wants to do teshuva, and and after that, he's asking for Hashem to forgive him, right? We're asking for forgiveness for our sins, and then after that. Right, we ask for our personal redemption. Right, Hashem see our pain and our suffering and redeem us from whatever we're, you know, our personal things that we're suffering from. Right, says the Abu Draham, it's a person's sins that cause him to suffer. So we're going to ask for forgiveness for our sins, but we're also, as a result of our forgiveness, right, we're also going to say, Hashem, please, like, redeem us from whatever we're suffering from because of our sins. Um... Right, right? It, it's the sins that sometimes cause enemies and sometimes cause a person to have all these, you know, times of suffering. So we're asking Hashem to redeem us from that. And then after we ask Hashem to redeem us from our personal whatever is going on, we say, Rifa'enu, Hashem also heal us like, physically, like heal our bodies, because maybe our bodies are also suffering as a result of our sins. So Hashem, make our bodies whole, and, and the hardships that are weighing us down, take, take them all, take them all, right? After we are whole from our bodies, right, we need sustenance for our bodies. So after that, right, after that, Rifa'enu, yeah. I have a quick question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the geula is mentally, spiritually, whatever. Yeah, in, in, in like a non-physical way. And the rifuah is physically. Mm-hmm. Um, right? And then, so after we're healed physically, we need to be sustained physically, right? So we have birkat hashanim for prosperity, right? Hashem, give us a good year. Give us a successful year. Um, 
right? Kashanim hatavot livracha, because you sustain us, mevarech hashanim, and then in the winter we have a little bit of a long one. Okay. So that really ends the six personal requests, right? Now we transition to teka b'shofar, um, and we start the tzorchei hatzibur, the needs for the kihila, for the, for the community, okay? So says the, says the Abudraham, right? After we, we ask for geulah for ourselves and rifuah for our bodies, and we ask for sustenance so that we can sustain ourselves, right? Then we start to ask for the community, and the first thing that we ask for is our cherut teka b'shofar gadol lecherutenu, right? We ask for the kibbutz galuyot Hashem to redeem us from right from from galut because just like daat is kind of like the the base level for everything that precedes that comes after it that follows it, the kibbutz galuyot is the base for everything that comes after that also, right? The first thing that we need is we need to get out of, as a people, is we need to get out of galut. And then also the, the gemara, here the Abudraham quotes a, a gemara that brings a pasuk that connects da'at and, and this idea of redemption. So it's like hmm, halfway in the box, the line starts with amruzal, Right, the Amru Zichronam Libracha, Kol Adam Sheyesh Bodea, Keilu Nivna Bet Hamikdash Beyamav. Right, a person who has wisdom, it's as if the Bet Hamikdash was, was built in his time. So this is how he parallels the Bracha of Da'at, which is the first of the personal requests, to the Bracha of Teka Beshofar, of the Kibbutz Galuyot, the first Bracha of the congregation. So now after we are asking for Hashem to take us out of Galut, so now what's the next thing that we need? We need Hashiva Shoftenu Kavarishona, right? We need judges. We need our justice system. We need order in society. Great, we're going to get to Eretz Yisrael and be redeemed and now what? Right, we need justice. We need order. Right? right, we need to appoint judges um, so that we can all live peacefully. And that again, and he and he parallels this to teshuvah. Right, we need we need judges. We just like teshuvah is where you know restore learning from our mistakes and like you know restoring our path. So we need a restoration of of justice to, so that we can have a just society. Okay. After we have our appointment of our judges, right? We have the birkat haminim. We ask Hashem, right? Laminim velamalshinim. This is the 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 heretics, the people that don't believe, and the enemies, right? The chol hazedim keregai yovedu. We ask Hashem to bring them down. The chol oivecha, the chol sonecha, and everybody that that hates that hates us or that hates Hashem, right? That they should be finished and this. This evil malchut harishah, this evil rule, should be broken and finished off, right? And so, what's the purpose, right? After we ask for the restoration of justice, because these heretics are going to corrupt that, and they're going to they're going to be an obstacle for that. So, we, in order to have a proper restoration of justice, we need the bed, you know, the the heretics to to be taken care of, and this parallels this parallels geulah. Right, because we it's it's also it's like a, a another like writing of of sorry it doesn't parallel parallel silicha right 
we want to be forgiven for our sins. So the heretics, either, either we want them to be not heretics anymore and we want them to be forgiven, or we want them to just like get away. It's like an erasing of, of a problem, right? Selicha is an erasing of our, our sins where Hashem forgives us. So where we're whole again, so to speak. And, and we're asking for the same thing for our society. We're asking Hashem to kind of weed out, um, all of the problems of our society so that our society becomes whole again. Then we have the the blessing of the righteous, right? The tzaddikim. Wait, yeah. The lamining was added much later, no? Yes. Okay, yes, it was. So if, if that wasn't, that doesn't really correspond to... So it, it, it correspond. It, it was around by the time, you know, the Abu Draham wrote his perush. It wasn't like in the original Amidah. It was added, it was added after the time of Ezra, but like it's still been around. You know, so he, he finds this nice parallel. You don't, you don't, it's, it's not, you know, it's not Torah that these things parallel. You know what I mean? It's kind of like take it or leave it it's, if it applies to you. Yeah, you could say that too, right? There's a reason that they entered it, that they put it here in this specific spot and not at the end, not at the beginning, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I think that's his point, right? His point is trying, he's trying to show how, this is organized in a very thoughtful way. It's not, it's not just a laundry list that you organize, you know, without thought. It's, there was thought here. Good. So after the minim, we have the tzaddikim, right? Because the tzaddikim are going to be the righteous ones of our society. They're going to, you know, put us right. They're going to, they're going to be the purpose of redemption, right? Pa- paralleling our personal redemption. Maybe, yeah. Maybe after we get society whole again from the one before, mm-hmm. tzaddikim will elevate mm. where we are in society. Yes, yes. And which will bring about the geulah. Yes. For sure. Right, they will elevate. The tzaddikim will come and not only just be, but they'll, they'll elevate. They'll be able to elevate themselves. They'll be able to elevate their society, um, which furthers geula. Right, which furthers our our ability to to establish a just society. Right, and then once we have that, and 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 Sarah, this could even bring the next thing, which is binyan Yerushalayim. Right, we need the tzaddikim to to have the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. We ask Hashem, Hashem, rebuild Yerushalayim for us. Right, and and that corresponds to refuah, right? Just the same way that we ask Hashem to heal our bodies, so we kind of ask Hashem to rebuild our city, our physical city, so that we have somewhere to be, we have somewhere to 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 live and and to to worship. Um, he also the Abu Draham also towards the bottom of page four he brings the pasuk Bonei Yerushalayim Hashem Harofe Lishvure Live. So that's another kind of way he connects the two. Um, it's from Tehillim Kuf Mem Zayin, but you, you'll, it's probably also familiar to you because it's, we say it every morning in Pesukei De Zimra. Right? And then after we have the Binyan of Yerushalayim, so we need, right? We need the, the Machut Bet David to be restored. We need the Davidic dynasty to be restored. We, we, we have a city. We rebuilt built our city, but now we need our ruler to be, um, to, to be, you know, restored and, and successful, right? Corresponding to Birkat Hashanim, right? We need sustenance for our bodies. We need a ruler to come and sustain our society, okay? So this is how he says, you know, this, you ha- so see here you have very nicely, right? The six brachot of the individual corresponding to the six brachot of the tzibur, very nice. And then he says on top page five, kach al kol habrachot, right? He says, 
Shomea um, Tefillah is really connected all of them. And as you know, that Shomea Tefillah is the place to insert anything that you feel like wasn't covered in, you know, previously. So you insert your own personal request into Shomea Tefillah. Um, you can also look at Shomea Tefillah as just like a general, like, you know, Shomea, all of these bakashot that we just asked for. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of flexible. Um, but right he's, here he says that it's really al-kol ha-brachot. He says that it's really keneged kulam. And then he says something very interesting after. He says, and each bracha that, that follows, right, the previous one is kind of like a higher level. Now, it's an interesting way to think about it because when we say that it's a higher level, right, I don't necessarily think that it means that it's better, right? But it's kind of like a ladder, right? Like you need all the steps. You can't take out a step. Um, and da'at, which would be the first one, so it would hypothetically be the bottom of the ladder, right? Like, can we really say that that's less important than, let's say, like, you know, rifa'enu? It's right. a prerequisite. Right, it's a prerequisite, right? It's kind of like first grade. You know, it's like first grade is easier than eighth grade, but without first grade, you have no base. You have no basics, exactly, right? It's a necessary prerequisite. Um, so it's, it's, you know, an interesting way. Like, we, we definitely see how it's leveled, but it's not in the sense that each one, it, it's in the sense that each one is a prerequisite for the one before, not that w- any one is more important than the one before. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so that is, that's our bakasha, okay? And then we have our last section, our hoda'a. Um, Okay, so the, right, the last three brachot, we have retze, we have sim, we have modim, and then we have sim shalom. So as we said before, the purpose of the hoda'ah is to, you know, like very formally ask for permission to kind of like leave the, the divine presence, right? If we have this image of a master and a servant, um, the master is very respectfully kind of leaving his master's presence. The other thing that 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 I think is is important, you know, and and I think this is the the hoda'a piece, you know, shows that right, is that Hashem, we didn't just come to you and pray to you and ask you all these things just for just to our, get what we want and then just like leave, right? Even if our tefillah maybe are not answered, right, or even if we don't get what we want. Right? That wasn't the purpose of us coming to approach you. Yes, we approached you and we needed things so that we asked Hashem for them. But that wasn't the only and sole purpose of, of our approaching you, right? We, we approached you also just to kind of approach you. And, and even if our tefillot are not accepted right away, right, that's okay because we're still thankful for everything that we have and everything that, that you gave us, right? So it's not just about buttering Hashem up and then asking for what we want and then just kind of saying some praise at the end and then leaping, right? It's, it's so much deeper than that. So let's look a little bit um, for a couple of minutes at each of the last three brachot. So you have retze, right? Which is an interesting because retze, it's bilashon, um, it, it's almost bilashon bakasha, like retze, retze amonai elokenu, like want us, right? So it's really like, Almost like a funny, like it's almost like a bakasha. Um, but really the idea here is that we ask Hashem that our tefillah will find favor in his eyes. So it's really, it's a nice transition from the bakasha of asking, 
our requests from Hashem, but also kind of thanking Hashem and, and leaving his presence in a respectful way. We're saying we, we hope that, you know, Hashem, you found this interaction favorable and, and pleasurable and pleasant. Not that Hashem needs our interaction, but you, you get the idea. Um, saying that we hope that our tefillot found favor in your eyes. Then we have modim, which is really, right, a declaration of really, we're so thankful for everything that we already have. Again, um, highlighting that it's not just about what we wanted and all the things that we wanted and getting what we want, but it's also acknowledging our dependence upon God. It's acknowledging everything that God already does for us, right? All the things that you do for us every single day, right? Morning, noon, and night. Right? Your mercy is never finished. We say this we say this immediately after we've, we've just finished our list of requests, right? Like, it's interesting because it's not like we say it, not like we wait to, like, see if our requests were accepted. Obviously, we don't really have a way of doing that. But even, like, conceptually, right, it comes, like, right after the request to show that we're still thankful for everything that we have. And it wasn't, like we said before, all about the request. And then we have the last, Sim Shalom. Yeah. I think it's also for us and it comes at this time because we don't want to say I'm so thankful for everything you gave me but can I have this and this it's like right yes I would like these things in my life or these are things that I need but I'm so grateful and I feel so whole with what I have I think it's Mm mm-hmm yes right and that's and that's important that that what you said that it's here because we're we're showing that we're showing Hashem that it's okay if I don't get every single thing that I just asked for. It's okay because you already do so so much. Yes, very, very important. And also, right, goes back to how we 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 are appreciative. Like we we said when we did Birkot Hashachar, we start our day with Modeani. So perhaps it's also appropriate that we end our Tefillah with that Hakarat Hatov as well. Right, like coming full circle of appreciating what Hashem does for us. Starting our day with it and then, you know, sort of ending with it. Um, and then we have Shalom. Um, shalom, there's a lot of literature about Shalom. Um, shalom, so I'm in, I'm on page 5, source 11, right? The Mishnah in Masechet Oktsin, Rabbi Shimon ben Chalfata, Lo matzah hakadosh baruchu kli machzik bracha liyisrael, Ella hashalom. Right, shalom is described, peace is described as a, as a vessel in which all brachot are contained in. Okay, so that's one aspect of how, of shalom's important. And by the way, there's another text that ends with shalom. Can you think of which one it is? Rekha Kohanim. Right? V'yasem lecha shalom. Right? V'samot shemi abnei shavani avarachem. Right? And that's on page six of your source sheet. We have ha'emek ha'davar, the netziv, Rav Naftalit Tzvi Yehudami Berlin has... Says essentially the same thing, right? After all that we say in Birka Kohanim, right? Yivarechecha Hashem veYishmerecha Yaer Hashem Panavelecha vichuneka, right? Yisa Hashem Panavelecha veYasem lecha Shalom. And he says, after all the brachot, we we end with the the vessel, the kli that's machzik all the brachot. Shebli Shalom, because without peace, and nachat b'shum bracha, all of the other brachot are like null and void and irrelevant without peace. 
There's also some uh, Midrashim that talk about how Shalom is one of the names of Hashem. Um, so that's significant. Um, so we have that aspect, right? On the one hand, how Shalom is like the vessel that holds all of our brachot. Without Shalom, there, everything else is null and void. But also, going back to this image of a person who, of a servant that's leaving like the presence of, of his master, right? It's kind of like, like, lech le shalom, like, right? Like, go in peace. You know, we, we kind of depart that way, very, very respectfully. Um, and we ask Hashem to allow us to depart that way and allow us to, to leave and to go in peace, right? And then we end with very in a very similar way to how we started, please Hashem, let my the words that I say be wanted by you, right? Very similar, paralleling the Hashem Sifatai Tiftach, right? Hashem, you know, I want my words to be wanted by you, which also parallels, and we, we paralleled the beginning, Hashem Sifatai Tiftach with Korbanot. So here too, we talk about korbanot as being a rech nichoach la Hashem, a pleasant smell. Hashem wants our korbanot. Of course, they have to be sincere, right? The whole Sefer Yeshayahu, the Navi blesses them for, you know, you're doing all these sins and giving me korbanot. What's the use, right? But in, in good times, Hashem wants our korbanot. So the same way that Hashem wants our korbanot, we're ending with, hopefully, our tefilot will be wanted as well. And then we have again, Ose Shalom Bim Ramav, and we physically, we, we say that we're departing with Shalom, and then we physically, we take three steps back, and then we depart with Shalom.